Hey, come on. Can we show some love and appreciation to our worship team today? Come on. Woo. Knocked it out of the park. So glad that you guys are here. Happy Easter. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Whatever you want to put on every day is Resurrection Day. But we are honored and thrilled that you're with us today. And we've got an online audience joining us today. Can we just welcome them to our broadcast today? And you guys have probably already started on the eggs and all that good stuff and everything happening. But we are honored that you guys have dialed in and are joining us here today. Hey, listen, I, I, uh, today's a good day. And, uh, and I'm, I've got a great sermon that I believe that God wants to share with you today. But So if you'll endure it this week, I promise you, next Sunday, you don't have to listen to me preach. Isn't that awesome? But I'm going to go at you today. We're going to go hard today. But next Sunday, we want to invite you to come back and join us as we're going to push the pause on, on this type of worship experience. And, and we're going to celebrate community one with another and have some incredible events happening all on the back part of our property here. We've got Velcro walls and bounce houses and sausage wraps. And my favorite is always Kona ice. I feel like it's just like liquid. And so you can consume enormous amounts of it, right? Hydration is a big deal, right? So, hey, but next Sunday is going to be a great time. I hope that you'll come back, dress comfortably. We're going to be out back and we got sack races, egg tosses. Come on. How many of you remember the old school games when they were just really simple? There'll be some domino games, I'm sure, break out and Jenga and what have you. But it's going to be a great time. Pick up one of these cards, invite a neighbor, a friend, and we're just going to come bring a side dish. We're going to eat and just laugh and have a great time. It's going to be incredible. Pastors all over uh, the world uh, on Sunday mornings get amped and juiced about, about Sunday gatherings. But today's just kind of been like off the charts. I started last night just sending some notes out to some friends of mine. My brother's a pastor, sent him a note, just encouraged him. And, and uh, we just started chatting it up. Even this morning, man, before I got up, and, uh, people had already been blowing up my phone and sending video messages and whatever. I got a video message from one of our former students that lives in another state. Just has been a great day. But, but I want us to pray, if we can, for every gathering today. Here's the deal. This is, this is, um, this is the biggest, most attended Sunday on the calendar year. Um, of course, we could set an attendance mark next week as well. We want to invite you to come back and join us, right? But, but, but people will be gathered on, you know, in houses of worship, there's a big gathering on Bernie's main plaza. People will be in homes. Some of you guys might be watching on vacations right now. But, but today is a great day. And, and we just want to pray that Jesus would be spoken of and lifted high. Is that okay? Jesus says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. Today, you just need to know, I'm going to share with you a very familiar Easter story. It's nothing new. Some of you have heard it for quite some time. I was visiting with a gentleman on the way out after our first service. I said, hey, how many, how many times have you heard the Easter message? He said, well, I reckon I'm about 85 years old. And so, I, yeah, so you're going to hear a, a message that you're quite familiar with today. But I've been praying that somehow it might just hit a little bit different this Easter. How do you take something that's tale as old as time, right? How do you take a tale, a, a story that you've heard for years of your life on Easter, and how do you make it new? Well, to, to be honest with you, there's just some things that don't need to be jacked with. You know what I'm saying? 
But I am praying that somehow that the Holy Spirit of God would meet us and every other gathering where people are worshiping right now and that the Easter story would be something new this year. Amen? So we pray every Sunday for another church at 1910. We pray for pastors by name. And I want to encourage you today to maybe think of another house of worship or another gathering. Maybe think of a former pastor or a Sunday school leader. How about a kids worker? It was kids workers that kind of played a major role in leading me to Jesus. And aren't we thankful for kids staff? Amen. And you need to know right now, your boys and girls, your kids are being taught about Jesus. And yes, they're probably making another piece of refrigerator art for you today, for you to hang up when you get home. Uh, but today, can we just pray for Jesus to be lifted up, for him to get the airtime and the promotion that and he's worthy of? Grab a hand next to you if you feel comfortable with that. And uh, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. I want you to remember that pastor's name or that church that comes to your heart right now. Lord Jesus, thank you for being worth getting loud and proud about, for hazing up a room and turning on laser beam light shows and Lord, for getting all sweaty and dancing before. God, you are worthy of that. We get jacked up about sporting events. People get fired up about a golf tournament today. But today, we have the opportunity to celebrate a risen king. His name is Jesus. And so it's okay for us to be a little undignified. In fact, God, I'm praying that it would get crazier. As we think about who you are and what you've done, Jesus, thank you for going to the cross, giving up your life so that we could have life. Life abundant, full, life to the max, off the charts, over the top. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I'm praying that just as we're going to elevate your name today, I'm praying that for every house of worship, every gathering, from, from cathedrals to city parks to homes to campsite locations. God, wherever people are gathered and talking about Jesus, Lord, I just pray that you would meet those gatherings and just do what Jesus does. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, take over this moment. Lord, I pray that as we look at a story that is quite familiar to us, I I, I pray somehow, God, that, that it would just hit a little bit different this Easter. God, God, that's something that can become rote and routine. Lord, would you help us see it from a different angle today and may it transform us. Is that okay to pray that? May it change us. May this Easter be never the same. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody in this house said, come on, give the Lord a round of applause. Can we do that? I love that. Josh, thank you guys. Thank you, brothers. Thank you so much for being with us. Normal. If you look the word normal up in the dictionary, here's what you're going to find. It means usual, typical, or expected. If something is normal, it's common. It's it's standard. It's ordinary. It's just kind of everyday, run-of-the-mill. It's just normal. Let me ask you a question today. How is normal working for you? Yeah. Somebody in the first service yelled out at me, and that's okay if you talk back to a preacher today, but they said, it's not. And for many of us, it is not working, is it? Over the last few years, we, we, we've, we've heard a new phrase. It's called the new normal, right? 
What does that mean? Well, we've seen it in so many different facets of our culture today. We know that there's a new normal when it comes to education, right? We know there's a new normal when, hey, there's a new normal when it comes to dining out. Have you been to one of those places where you used to count on you could go in and have a nice meal hot in the dining room only to find out that it's now closed, chairs are stacked up? I stopped that. I'm not going to mention the name, but I, ta- I stopped at the Texas stop sign twice over the last two weeks, <laughs> trying to just get me something hot off that cholesterol laden grill in the back. But it's close. Now, I don't know about you, but it is not just this, it's not the same for me to grab something and drive through and take it home. It's soggy, it's kind of lukewarm. And I just know Jesus says about lukewarm stuff makes him want to vomit, makes me want to vomit too. Amen. <laughs> But dining in is now, well, you're out. It's out. Instacart. i be honest with you, I didn't have a clue what Instacart was until the new normal, right? I used to love to go into H-E-B and shop and look around and touch things. I love that. And, 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 but I didn't know what Instacart was. I now have an app for it. <laughs> Grubhub, it's on my phone. Never used it. I think I did once. So I get the $10 off my first meal plan, right? But the new normal, Instacart elevated. Hey, I, I, I don't know if toilet paper has ever been so respected as it is in the new normal. Remember that? I mean, we, we, when I was growing up, you used to throw it over people's trees on a Friday night, right? But now it's a commodity. It's worth more than gold. You remember the new normal? Man, it's elevated. It's all, I mean, right. We thought the world was ending because of lack of that quilted, pampered toilet tissue we use. Some of y'all going, we should have checked another church out today on Easter Sunday. Where is this guy going? The new normal taught us things about masks. We heard things, you know, about even hugging was adjusted in the new normal, wasn't it? Isn't it weird these days? I mean, you ever go up somewhere like, I don't, don't, what do you do? You know, I got fist pump has become very popular these days. And, well, 1910 today, I would like to encourage us to get back to the biblical times and let's greet each other with a kiss. How about that? Amen. Yeah, I knew you single people would like that, didn't you? Yeah, we're going to, we have a photo booth and there's a kissing booth available today as you leave the worship experience. So, but even hugging, social distancing, let's keep our distance. And, and, and oh, that thing called technology that was created to keep us more connected? How's that working? How's that working to really keeping us truly connected, right? The new normal. And in the new normal, we know that mental health issues are on the rise. We know that more and more of us are dealing with anxiety. We know that the new normal has ushered in. People just seem to be angrier now and mad. Listen, there was something prophetic when they created Angry Birds, right? The new game is Angry Humans. I mean, we're just livid. I love to watch the morning news every morning because they're going to show footage of an airline flight where a fight breaks out. I love that. Stewardesses are trying to serve you ginger ale, and now they got people coming up behind them and just, boom, giving them a clobber over the back of the head. People are angry and upset. How's normal working for you? Is it? Is it really worth it? 
as if that's not enough. Some of us go to great lengths and, and extremes to, to try to change the normal, don't we? Some of us, we, 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 we try to change our wardrobe thinking if we just dressed a little bit different, then, then maybe that's just going to solve all my issues, right? So we go spend lots of money and, you know, at Walmart's and change our attire, right? Change of address, a new home. Surely that's going to do it. Hey, if I could get something a little bit more horsepower under the hood, man. And so many of us are just looking for change, right? We join a health club. We want to change, right? We sign up for the latest diet, whatever that is, Golo or whatever, you know, Marie Osmond is promoting these days because she looks good at 112. I mean, it's just, we want some of that, right? We change our, some of us go to great lengths to change our physical appearance. Do we not? I mean, I remember back in the day, there was basically one product, Grecian formula. Some of y'all remember that? We, we dye our, our hair, right? We, we try to alter our appearances. I, I can't drink a cup of morning coffee any longer without my daughters or my wife slipping something called collagen in it. What the heck? But I'm told this is what Jennifer Aniston drinks, and I could look like she looks one day. Good luck there, right? We got Botox to straighten things out and fill in the gaps and cosmetic surgeries galore. So many of us, listen, normal's not working, is it? And we go to whatever lengths or some extremes to just try to change normal. Wow. Well, I already told you we're going to look at a story today that is, it's, it's normal in some aspects because you've heard it. Most of you have heard this at least once most of you that are listening here today probably have a, a good understanding of, of the significance of Easter, and it's not about the bunny, so don't blow me up on social media saying, I can't believe you have an egg hunt. I'm like, well, I can't believe you're so angry. You want to fight, throw hands, let's go. I mean, just, but just, we're angry! Ah! Right? But how can we take something today? How can we take a holiday that's normal? Some of you are going to eat normal meals in just a few minutes. Some of you are ready for the barbacoa, barbacoa, barbacoa. You're ready for the pork rind, some big red. You're going to hunt eggs, you know, or there is a goose in the oven. Do people eat geese? I don't know, you know, but there's some turducken. There you go. There's something normal even today, but how could this Easter maybe hit us just a little different? My, my, my prayer has been that, that, that we would not have a normal Easter. That, that, that somehow Easter this year could be a little abnormal. And, and here's what I do believe. I do believe that, 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 that God has not gathered us here together today or allowed you to, to find us online just to have a normal Sunday. But I believe that he wants this Sunday to be abnormal. Uh, today, we're going to look back at a Sunday, check this out, that forever changed history. And if, you, if you're not careful... This Sunday can also change your history, but it's up to you if you will allow the normal to kind of be done away with and let something abnormal take place. What do we know about what took place that first, or not that first, it wasn't called Easter. Somebody blew me up on that too on social media. I get it, dude. Get it. Take a angry pill. Have I told you people are angry these days? In fact, I need a pill right now. I'm afraid right now in Jesus name. But something happened 
a Sunday years and years ago that forever changed history. We know that it was abnormal in a lot of ways. We're going to get to that in a few minutes, but let me just kind of set the scene for you before we get there. We know that there was a man named Jesus that history tells us went to a cross and died on a hill called Golgotha. It looked like a skull. I've seen it. It looked like two eyes and there's the nose where what used to be the nose has kind of fallen off because they had an earthquake a few years back, but you can still see it does look like a skull. And they would crucify people up there. One of the most inhumane, cruelest forms of death that the Romans instituted. We know that Jesus died, that we know that there were some abnormal things that took place during his death. We know that there was a time in which darkness covered everything and not just like a brief solar eclipse. I mean, it was dark for hours. We know that during this abnormal death, this abnormal crucifixion, that there was an earthquake, rocks begin to split. We know that during this death, this abnormal event, that, that the veil that was in the temple that, that used to be a dividing wall between, between people and what they called the presence of God, this veil, it was ripped from top to bottom. That's significant because that means that only somebody superhuman, supernatural, somebody abnormal could have made that happen. We, we, we know that throughout this death, that this death was so abnormal. Check this out, that, that the dead saints that were buried came back to life and began to walk throughout the streets of Jerusalem. Now, soak that in while you're eating at Fritzy's today. <laughs> that across the street in the cemetery, you start seeing dead people walking out. I, I don't know what, I've seen too many zombie movies, right? That's abnormal. And if that's not enough, check this out. There is a sentence, there's a, a verse that we find <clears throat> in scripture that blows me away. If that's not weird enough, if that's not stranger things enough for you or X-Files, whatever you want to listen, there, there, there's a scripture that says that, that the Roman officer who was standing there that watches all this happen, that, that, that sees how Jesus died. And, and, and oh, by the way, I could talk about the two thieves next to him on the cross. There were three crosses. I could talk about how a dying man who's struggling to breathe still somehow finds it in his heart to, to welcome one of the thieves who receive him and say, Lord, remember me. Here's Jesus dying, struggling to breathe, naked, bleeding, being mocked and ridiculed, but yet he offers forgiveness and grace to a thief. Come on, abnormal. But this Roman officer who's standing there, who's probably in charge of it all, looks up and it says, as he watched him die, he makes this statement. Truly, he was the son of God. Stop the bus, rewind the tape. Where was that earlier, bro? Where was that belief earlier? No, no, no. It says that as he watched Jesus die, because his death was so abnormal, things were happening that were abnormal. Listen, I'm telling you, this was that abnormal event. And if you will just let that sink into you today, your life can become abnormal. How's normal working? But he said, this man truly was who he said he was. Man, what shifts? What shifts? 
What happens? Well, it was an abnormal death. He was an abnormal man. And we read in scripture about his burial. Woo! That was quite normal and then became abnormal. In John chapter 19, it says, after Jesus died, there was a man by the name of Joseph of Arimathea who had been a secret disciple of Jesus because he feared the Jewish leaders. And he asked He asked Pilate for permission to take down Jesus's body. And when Pilate gave permission, Joseph came and he took the body away. With him came Nicodemus, the man who had come to Jesus at night. He brought about 75 pounds. How many? 75 pounds of perfumed ointment made from myrrh and aloes. And following Jewish burial custom, they wrapped Jesus's body with the spices in long sheets of linen cloth. The place of crucifixion was near a garden where there was a new tomb never used before. And so because it was the day of preparation for the Jewish Passover, and since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. What's happening here is Jesus dies, breathes his last breath about three o'clock on a Friday afternoon. The crucifixion started early in that morning, probably sometime around 9 a.m., but around three, he's dead. How do we know he's dead? Because they, they tell us that, that as was custom, they jab, or actually they would used to break the legs of the criminals so that they would die quicker. Why do they have to die quicker? Because Shabbat is about to happen at 6 p.m. And they have to be dead and they have to be off the cross. No one can work at 6 p.m. So around three, Jesus says these three words that can transform your life today. It is finished. He breathes his last breath but just to make sure that he was dead because they got to speed it up. Roman soldier takes his spear. The spearhead was about the size of a man's fist and he jabs it into the side of Jesus. Yeah, he's dead. He's gone. Proven. He's dead. Joseph of Arimathea and a man named Nicodemus that we read about in John chapter 19 are there. And Joseph of Arimathea had made arrangements with Pilate. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus were a part of a religious group known as the Sanhedrin. Oh, this is interesting, is it not? Why did you guys not speak up earlier? Why would you not? But they were secret followers of Jesus. They knew their Jewish companions would ridicule them. But, but Joseph goes to Pilate, a Roman, and says, hey, can we take care of the body? Shabbat's going to happen. If you'll just leave it to us, we'll take care of it and make sure that everything, we've got to take care of it the right way. Nicodemus, who's this guy? Well, for those of you that are, remember in John chapter 3, there was, a, there was a member of the Sanhedrin one day by the name of Nicodemus that comes to Jesus. Hey, listen, I hear you preaching these messages about a man must be born again in order to, to see the kingdom of God. How is it possible for a man to enter his mother's womb and be born again? That my friend is impossible. But what Jesus begins to unpack for Nicodemus in John chapter three, is not about physical birth that we must experience again, but about a spiritual birth that must happen in our lives. Amen. Can I just tell you something today? If you want to see the kingdom of God, if you want to be with Jesus one day in heaven for eternity in paradise, listen, it all has to do with what you do with Jesus. You've got to allow him to bring rebirth to you spiritually. 
Why do I say rebirth? Well, rebirth, you were created by the very breath of God. That's the book of Genesis. Jesus, the Holy Spirit breathed breath into the man. He became alive. So you were created as a spiritual being. The problem is darkness has clouded that in our lives. You must be born again. But it's this Nicodemus. It says that Nicodemus is with Joseph of Arimathea and he brings about 75 pounds of anointing oil. They didn't have the, the injectable embalming process that we experience today, but back in Jewish custom in Jesus's time, they, they would gather a lot of aloes and myrrh and a very common ointment would be something called nard. It says that Nicodemus brought about 75 pounds of that with him as they took the body of Jesus down from the cross. Listen, this was a regal burial. They found a tomb, but if, if, if there was a dollar amount placed on just the anointing oils and perfumes that day, they tell us it would have cost about 175000 to $250,000. That's what Nicodemus brought that day to anoint the dead body of Jesus. They lay him in a brand new tomb close to Golgotha, never been used before. Now, custom Jewish burial required that that body be treated. But because it's Friday and Shabbat's about to happen at six, they kind of speed up the process, you might say. With all the perfumes and aloes and oils and with strips of linen cloth, they begin to embalm and put things over the body of Jesus. As was custom with Jewish burial, it called for that you would close the eyes of the deceased that you would kiss the body of the deceased and then that you would wash the body. Washing, not necessarily like a shower head like we experience today, but, but just trying to anoint with these oils and aloes. Again, on top of the body, through cracks and crevices, trying to get it all over so that that body, I mean, it's gonna begin to smell as it rots and decays at some point. These guys are just trying to do something quickly because they don't have the allotted time for a normal burial. Scripture says that there, were, there was a lady by the name of Mary Magdala that was watching from a distance. She saw the place where they placed the body. She saw where, where they buried Jesus. And, and lit, maybe she did not know to the extent of which they, they lathered that dead body with the perfumes and oils. But, but we know this, that, that Mary of Magdala and another Mary go back to wherever they're residing at in Jerusalem, and they begin to prepare the traditional ceremonial spices and things of that to go give it a proper burial when time allowed them to, which would be on Sunday. We know that early on that Sunday morning, a Sunday morning that forever changed history, we know that they went to the tomb to perform the traditional burial. Mary loved Jesus because he had delivered her from some evil spirits, spirits, spirits earlier in her lifetime. Come on, somebody, you know that Jesus is able to deliver whatever you're going through, whatever's tormenting you. You need to know something about this Jesus of Nazareth. He is more than able to set you free. Jesus had done that in Mary's life. And her and the other Mary and some other ladies come that morning to do a very traditional thing. John chapter 20 picks the story up this way. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb 
and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Now you need to understand something. This stone was like a huge millstone. It would have required several men to be able to push it back. And it was kind of built on a slope. So it rolled down over the entrance of the tomb. Once that tomb was sealed, it was never meant to be unsealed. And just to make sure that the, the, the Roman leadership made sure that no one would tamper or, or steal because rumor had gotten out that, hey, maybe some of his followers will come and jack with his dead body and steal it. So they positioned Roman guards around that, that, that stone, that tomb. They even put Rome's official seal with wax on it. So if it was tampered with, it would be proven that somebody snuck in, pushed that seal away and took the body. Mary and the ladies go that early morning, but they see that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and she found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. His name would have been what? John. She said, they've taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. And Simon Peter arrived and he went inside and he also noticed that the linen wrappings lying there while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Again, strips of cloth would have been used with all the ointments and spices on them to embalm kind of outwardly the body. But on the face would be something called the sudarium, which would be a separate linen cloth placed over the face in honor of that deceased. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and believed. The tomb is empty. The linen clothes are still there folded, it says in scripture, in order. There's no disturbance. We continue further in the story. It says that Mary turns to leave and she saw someone standing there. And it was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought, scripture says, he was the gardener. Sir, she said. If you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him and I will go and get him. She's come to embalm the body, to perform the customary ritualistic thing you do for dead people. But he's not there. There's no body. <clears throat> Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned to him and cried out, Rabboni which is Hebrew for teacher. Wow. Mary didn't recognize the resurrected Jesus, but she recognized the voice. Yes. And if that wasn't enough, when the voice called her by name, <clears throat> this just might be the day that you move from normal to abnormal because the teacher is calling your name to reveal himself to you in a greater way. The story goes on to say that Mary Magdalene turned or found the disciples and, and, and told them, I have seen the Lord. And she gave them the message that Jesus gave to her. 
That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors and they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Keep in mind, they're puzzled. They've lost their leader. Their very lives are in danger now. They're locked behind closed doors. They were afraid of the Jewish leaders, but suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. (laughs) And as he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hand and his side. And they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. There was one of the disciples by the name of Thomas, though, however, that wasn't there. And they told Thomas, we've seen the Lord. But Thomas replied, I won't believe unless I see the nail wounds in his hands and I put my fingers into them and place my hand into the side or the wound in his side. Eight days later, after the disciples were together again and, and this time Thomas was with him, the doors were locked and suddenly as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you. Come on, somebody. If Jesus can come out of a tomb with a stone in front of it, he can get through a door that's locked. He's Jesus. And he can come how he wants to. Thomas puts his hand in the side and sees those nail prints in the hands of the resurrected Jesus. And he believes. And look what Jesus says. Thomas, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But John says, these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. Listen, I have read to you a story that is not new to you. But why would I camp out and reread it for you? Because you need to know this today. The resurrection changes everything. The resurrection of Jesus changes everything. Listen, forget the facts that we do know. Uh, 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 about this, that the reports from the soldiers that they don't know what happened. And then they were given hush money, not to say a word about it, to cause confusion. Forget the fact that over the next 40 days, over 100 different appearances of the resurrected Jesus to people, sometimes to individuals, sometimes to groups, sometimes they were walking on the road. In one of these instances, 500 people saw the resurrected Jesus. Forget the eyewitness accounts. You, you, you know that when, 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 when people go to court, they call in witnesses, people that have seen what they observe. Forget all the eyewitnesses accounts. Listen, there's so much that makes this reality and it changes everything. You know what the biggest thing it changes? Here's the, if none of this was true, listen, our faith and Christianity, scripture says, is futile. It doesn't make sense. It's worthless. But because we have proof and because it's recorded and because there are eyewitness accounts to the very truth, I'm telling you, your destiny, your future, your life will never be the same if you believe it. 
And if you will receive and have the faith of a Roman centurion, wow, he truly was the son of God. There's just too many things happening, guys, to miss it. But you know what the great thing is for me is that the the resurrection offers forgiveness of my sin. It gives me, listen, does anybody ever blow it and make mistakes? Come on, get your hand up. You're, you're lying right now. And that's a sin. You need to, sin is anything we do that goes against God's perfect plan for our lives. Anything we do. The Jewish people, hey, they had 613 laws they tried to live by. I struggle with just getting my dirty clothes in the hamper where they're supposed to go. Can you imagine 613? It's impossible. Wow. We make mistakes. We all are eat up with something in this room today and online. We're all eat up with this thing called sin. We need free. How can we be forgiven? Because scripture says that the payment for that sin is that I should die. Whew. But God in his great love for us extends forgiveness and he makes a way by sending his one and only son, Jesus, to become the payment for my sin. You see, the Jewish custom, remember I told you about the Holy of Holies, and, and listen, this thing called Passover, they would bring a blem, unblemished, spotless lamb to give it to the priest for sacrifice. They would have that animal bleed because the shedding of blood, says, is what covers our sins. Jesus became the perfect lamb of God. And God is fully pleased with the sacrifice he made on the cross for us. And there is no more payment for our sins. And by me receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he forgives me of every wrong I've ever done and will do. In fact, scripture says he forgets them as far as the east is from the. You see, the resurrection changes everything. That I don't have to work harder in order to, to have God accept me. I don't have to give more money. money. I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to memorize more. I have to dress a certain way. I have to pray a certain number of times and face a certain direction. No, it is finished. There is no more payment for my sins because of what Jesus has done and the forgiveness that he offers through his shed blood. Wow. Changes everything for me. How about for you? There's also tremendous hope that I possess. Hope. Listen, things don't always go our way. Have you figured that out yet? Have you found out that the ball doesn't always bounce your way? You're not always chosen first. You're not always voted most likely to succeed. Have you noticed that there's some bad stuff happening around us in our world? Even in your personal life, you've been hit with setbacks health declarations, financial issues, relationship problems. We all go through it. Jesus knew that. He says, hey, listen, in this world, you will have some trouble. But I want you to take heart. I want you to be of good courage. I want you to have hope because I, he says, have overcome it all. And so you see, when I'm facing difficulty, struggle, or, or, or tribulation, sometimes I don't know how things are going to pan out. I don't know when the breakthrough's going to come, but I do know the one who is able to bring it. And sometimes all I have to hold on to is Jesus because I've read all the books and they ain't helped me. 
I, I, I purchased all the, the extra whatever to try to make it better. And that doesn't make it through. But Jesus is that hope that I'm anchored to. Guys, if the resurrection had not happened, this would be worthless. But I'm telling you, that Sunday forever changed history. Check this out. Shabbat was never the same. Passover, never the same after that resurrection Sunday. Hey, listen, Sundays were never Sundays. Listen, Sundays weren't for monster truck jam. Sundays were meant, they were changed forever because Jesus was alive. That's why we gather. That's why we gather because that Sunday forever changed history. I'm telling you, your destiny can never be the same. Because of that Resurrection Sunday, your life will never be the same. But it's up to you. It's your choice. God has done what he can do. He has made a way. Jesus has paid the ultimate sacrifice for you. He gave up his life so that you could have one. But it's your choice. This Easter can be just a normal Easter or this Easter can become abnormal. But it all is up to you. And and let me just remind you, cannot be neutral with Jesus. You're either for him or you're not. Hey, don't you hate bandwagon people? that hop on the bandwagon when the team's winning or as long as things are going and blah, 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 right? I'm telling you, the real Spurs fans are showing their true colors right now because it hadn't been pretty the last several years for us, has it not? And my buddies in Dallas are talking. I can't say that word in church, but they're talking stuff about our... Jesus doesn't need bandwagon people. He needs, are you with me or are you not? You can't be neutral. So do you know him? Are you for him? Even when times are tough. Man, Peter, I'll never deny you. Jesus. Ooh, turn up the heat. People start asking you questions and before the, <laughs> he denied him three times. Jesus doesn't need people like that church. Where are you at? But it's up to you whether you want to stay normal. It's up to you whether you just want to continue the common, the ordinary, the mundane, you know, the normal everyday stuff. Or I'm telling you, this Easter could launch you on a new trajectory and your life will never be the same. By the way, we as those, those of us who are in Christ should be a little abnormal. We should be a little freaky, not weird, but we should have joy. It can't be purchased anywhere else. We should have excitement and we should be fired up and we should just, oh, we ought to be different. Your life can never be the same today, but it all depends on what you and how you respond and what you believe about him. That's it. It's what you do with Jesus that sets the trajectory of your life. So if normal's working for you and you like it, it may be hard for you to see a need for Jesus. 
But if somehow today you're just a little unsettled and not satisfied with how life is going on around you and where you're currently at, where's your joy? Where, 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 what do you hang on to when, when trouble comes? I'm telling you, your life can never be the same, but it all has to do with how you respond to Jesus. He wasn't a normal man. His death was not normal. His burial was not normal. And I'm telling you, the life that he offers every one of us is not normal. It is supercharged. It is incredible. How do I get that? Hmm. You know, it's interesting to me that Jesus did not have to roll the stone away that day in order to get out. The stone was rolled away so that you could get in. The stone was rolled away so that you and I could, could get into Jesus and see that he's not there and prove that he is who he said he is. It's interesting to me that, 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 that Mary didn't recognize Jesus. She thought he was the gardener. But yet when Jesus called her by name, it changed her. And today in this very room, or those watching online, Jesus is calling someone by name today. Because he desires for your life to never be the same. Well, Jason, what must I do to be saved? What's required? Major credit card? Firstborn, what do you need, bro? Listen, Jesus keeps it really simple. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, it's not on there, but listen to what it says. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Verse 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. My friend, it's that simple today. To declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. To believe that God has raised him from the dead and ask him to save you. I'm going to invite you to stand today because we're going to sing, but I just want to pray over you first. Just go and stand. God, I know that right now you're at work and you're calling somebody by name today. And I want you to know that your life can never be the same today, but it's your choice. How will you respond and what will you do with Jesus.